The House of Roll journeys far and wide to bring you exceptional quality kitchen and bath fixtures. In all of this, you'll see the details of your own story. The story of a life well-crafted. Welcome to the House of Roll. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast, the final NFL podcast, and it's Friday. It's February 1st. It's also our first three-way podcast. I'm here All with, right. oh, there's one. We were with James Davis of DFSR uh-huh, and with Chris Chris Durrell, also of <laughs> hey, DFSR. Everyone. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to try our hand at a three-way podcast before. It's usually just me talking. Well, I guess these you guys have paired up for a couple of podcasts before. Me, me talking at or to one of you two guys, but we'll... For this one, we figured we'd bring on the whole crew to talk about the Super Bowl this Sunday and talk, you know, some game odds, some props, some stuff that's going on. Um, I'm gonna let's go level of excitement. I'll start with you, James, about the Super Bowl. How do you feel? Where does this rank for you in terms of like watchability? Are you excited at all for the Super Bowl? I know I, sometimes you can uh, you can maybe not feel the same level of excitement. Is this one? Where does this one rank on you? Is it, is it appointment television for you, or could you just assume to do something else? Well, I mean. So you're going to watch the Super Bowl. The issue is I, I am personally very fatigued at watching Patriots-related Super Bowls, and especially just because I've rooted so hard against the Patriots in every Super Bowl they've ever played in. I have kind of a different feeling about this one now for some reason, and that's like more indifference, and I don't know. I, I also just feel like, and I, I'm sure we'll get to the bets at some point, but like I feel this impending sense of doom and inevitability that the Patriots are just going to win again, so that also decreases my level of interest. Uh, and not like an exciting way. Like I, th- I felt that way in 2011 when they were facing the Giants, but it was just different. Like I don't well, know. I remember so, uh, Chris. I'll get to you in a second. But I, the year we watched that Super Bowl together, and I remember you. I think you almost yeah. threw up. I, like we were so nervous. I, I, I'm a, was a, at the time I was a huge Giants fan. I can around our house. We specifically still talk about you. I mean, did you throw up? I, I feel like it wasn't because like drinking. It was like for, for, like the nerve, the, the nerve wracking. I certainly situation. didn't throw up, but I was definitely inches away from that huge plasma TV, and then I ran in the neighborhood and I was screaming at the top of my lungs after the Giants right. won. Even though I'm not a Giants fan at all, it was just something about that run that I just absolutely despised. So yeah, that was a that's a good memory, buddy. Chris, what <laughs> Chris, what about you? Level of um, you know feeling into the Super Bowl? You do the same kind of thing with the fatigue on the Patriots or? I mean, go the other way. Do you like the, the dynastic piece of it? Do, where, where are your thoughts here on the Patriots heading into this this one, or, or do you think the Rams have a chance? Like, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, pretty much the same. You know, I'm getting tired. I'm one of those people that's getting tired and fatigued, I guess, with seeing the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But on on the other hand, you know, as a, I, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, never been to the Super Bowl, so I mean, don't know what that feeling is. But seeing what the <laughs> Patriots have done, um, Tom Brady is what he's played what. 12 years in his career and he's made the Super Bowl nine times now <laughs> so it's yeah. pretty amazing what he's been able to accomplish um, I do have that feeling as well like the Patriots are just of course going to win another one um, add another ring be more internet memes and that sort of thing going on but uh, I, I'm a little more excited for this one than I guess I'd say last year's I, I like the Rams as a team overall and I think they can really put up a fight here and I think it's going to be a good game so uh, I'm going to be doing flooring on Sunday and I was you know at first I was going to maybe try and not worry about the Super Bowl and just do the flooring. And now I'm like, okay, Dad, let's let's push hard on Sunday and watch this game. You know, have a few beers. So I'm getting a little more excited as it gets closer, which kind of seems to happen every year. When you're yeah, I, I kind of Bowl. just 
Yeah, I'm, I'm into the pageantry at this point, I think, and that's probably about it. All right, let's, we're going to break down. We're going to go kind of step-by-step step through, through the different bets that we can look at during this game. We'll start with the games kind of stuff. Then we'll look at some MVP odds. Uh, we'll talk about some over-unders on just general uh, usage stuff, you know, yards and touches and touchdowns and things like that. And we'll finish it off with some novelty ones like... You know what are our, what are our grand thoughts on Maroon Five or Donald Trump or things like that that we can that, all the all the all the, ama- all the amazing okay. all the amazing stuff that can, that you can it really I got I got to hand it to in the old you know we're out of problems ca- category as a society when you can just go in and just bet on you know you can actually lay money on songs that Maroon Five is going to sing at halftime or if like Mick Jagger is going to appear on stage. Uh, the Super Bowl has kind of transcended something else into the into the zeitgeist that it's really kind of unbelievable. Anyway, we'll get to that at, at the end. All right, in terms of opinions about the game the Patriots are two and a half point I was going to call them road favorites but they're not that, you know it's obviously not on the road here they're just two and a half point favorites um the over under is 56 and a half and the money line is the Patriots minus 137 Rams plus 118 uh Chris I'll start with you in terms of any of these numbers jump out to you as something that you like in terms of the points or the over under uh the win odds uh, anything here stand out to you or do you think that there's possibly an edge on yeah, um, I'm going to be laying a bet, and I'm really looking at uh, combining the Patriots minus two and a half because I do think it's going to be like come down to a field goal game, kind of last drive type thing. So I do like the Patriots minus two and a half, and I like the over as well. And I'll be you know I'll be playing them separate, and I'll be uh, pairing them together, parlaying them together as well to get a little bit better odds because I do think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game. The last couple Super Bowls have been pretty high scoring, and I think the Patriots get ahead early. And that kind of forces the Rams and Goff to throw quite a bit. And that'll coincide with some of the props I got coming up here shortly. But uh, definitely like the Patriots and the over. James, what about you? Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots too. Uh, I think I prefer the under. I think that Super Bowls, like, uh, from in my experience, my observation, there can be a little bit of nerves, jitters in that first half. People just want to bet the over. Like, they like to dream on the big total. Uh, the Rams looked pretty solid against the Saints high-flying offense last week, and or two weeks ago now, I guess. And I just think that both of these teams have offensive issues that many people might not be like as hip to. Like neither of these teams. I mean, the Patriots are just obviously not the peak Pats offense from the years past, and the Rams, you know, with the question marks at the running back spot. With, I, I don't know if I fully trust Goff here, given what I've seen from him in the last few weeks, even in games that they were really hoping to win. So I, uh, I'm going to take the pass, but I like the under. Yeah, I think I'm going the other way. Um, over the last four weeks of the season and into the playoffs, I started uh, putting together a NBA, or, I almost said NBA. I can't, can't do these two podcasts together in the same day. I get confused between the sports. NFL uh, NFL sort of platform on betting using using some pieces of DVOA and some other kind of stuff thrown together to sort of see how teams rank against each other in terms of different facets of the game. And it was actually really pretty successful over the course of the playoffs. And at that point, it makes sense because at that point, more information is just available than has been at the beginning of the sure. season. And that's one thing about using some like stats like DVOA and things like that. And that this, this system likes the Rams outright. Um, so it, again, it's, I think it went, I think it went six for, the last eight games in the playoffs, I need to double check what it ended up being. But it does like the Rams outright over the Patriots, so I'm going the other way. I'm going the plus two and a half on the Rams and the money line, the plus 113 money line. I don't have great thoughts about the over-under because that's not something that I baked in there. So I'm going to go the other way in that one. Um, and 
I would, not, that, not that I care one way or the other, but I like cheering. I, it just gives me more incentive to cheer for the Rams, which I think I wanted. <laughs> I, which I think I wanted to do. I was glad, and I was mostly just glad that it worked out that way because I think I'd rather have a rooting interest and that rooting interest be on the Rams. Right, let's go. Let's switch over to the MVP odds. It's, it makes sense that these MVP odds are going to heavily favor quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, by and large, have been the MVPs uh, over the just basically the course of Super Bowl history. Not ever, not every year. Um, and I actually didn't look. I'm looking at the list and let's see, two, four, six, eight. Yeah, eight of the last nine, no, eight of the last 10 have been quarterbacks. And then the other, actually the other two that weren't quarterbacks were linebackers. So uh, we get Brady at plus 110. We get Goff at plus 200. I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Uh, and then we can talk about some of these guys. James, you, MVP odds, do you think that we just, is it, are we just taking the, are we just taking the quarterback odds here because that's just you know what historically kind of ends up happening and it makes sense quarterbacks are the most important guy in the field or do you see someone else maybe further down the chain that you think has a chance that maybe you can kind of grab some upside on no i think i like the quarterbacks here i mean betting the mvp can be kind of a tricky proposition and i actually one of my goofy bets uh is who the mvp will thank first um and i I'm, I'm going to be going pretty heavy on teammates at plus 175 uh, because I think, well, I went back and actually watched some old Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady acceptance speeches, basically. He doesn't talk about family. He doesn't talk about God. He's all about the teammates. So I, uh, I'm going to be hammering that one as well. But yeah, I think the quarterbacks, I also think that neither of these teams really features any dynamic, like household name type playmakers on the defensive end. So like, you know, like when the Steelers have like Troy Polamalu, you know, he gets a pick and runs it back for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, that would be a real threat to be the MVP. But um, and then the other pieces, the running backs, like I think if Gurley were fully healthy, you could see and given the, the Rams tendency when they're up to just really lean on the running game, you could definitely see Gurley flex into there. But given Gurley's kind of just bizarre status right now, I don't think you want to go there. So, yeah, I do think for the MVP discussion, the quarterbacks are the best bet if you want to go in that direction at all. The closest defender uh, with odds is actually, and he's actually fourth overall, is Aaron Donald. He's at plus 1,400. Uh, that's the, the no other defender. The next closest guy is Marcus Peters at plus 60, uh, plus 6,600. Um, and then I'll make, I'm going to talk about Gurley in a second. But Chris, what about you? MVP odds? Is it Brady and golf or bust for you? Or do you think that there's something, is, is there someone further down the chain here? No, it, it comes down to the quarterbacks for me. And I, I personally won't be betting this. Like, I mean, I guess you could go with if, if you're on the Patriots you could just pick Tom Brady there I don't think anyone else in the Patriots is going to grab that MVP um, than Tom so I kind of like what James said there with you know getting the plus 175 and going with thanking the teammates type thing I think you get a little bit better odds doing that um, I originally thought you know if you want to go with the Rams it's either going to be I, I you know outside of Jared Goff I think Todd Gurley makes sense but the injury concerns 14 to 1 doesn't seem like enough um, to go with that and then Aaron Donald wrecking um, the game I just I don't see that happening it could happen and, you know if if they do do it and he does sack say he gets three sacks in the game uh, maybe a force fumble something like that it's in there I don't think it's going to happen I'm going to talk about the the total sacks here coming up as one of my favorite um, props to look at this week it's set at three and a half and I'm, I'm definitely betting the under so I definitely don't like Aaron Donald and the MVP in reverse so it's it's Tom Brady or bust here for me because um, I'm looking at the Patriots to win the game. Okay, a couple quick notes on where these odds have moved a little bit. Gurley started at I I believe plus eighteen hundred and where it might have been plus two thousand and it's gone is gone to plus twelve hundred. So there's been money coming in on Gurley 
as the MVP. So I don't know if that signals that like people just think that they're just going to go back to the game plan, which they had employed at the beginning of the year, which is to say he's going to get all the touches. It's a really crazy thing to think considering how last game played out where he just barely touched the ball at all. And basically was essentially benched for CJ Anderson. So I don't know. I'm always confused by when I see lines like that. I don't know if that's just public money wishing and hoping on a Todd Gurley resurgence, even though there hasn't been a lot to think that that's going to happen. But it is interesting that that line has moved pretty significantly on the Gurley side. I didn't, the one I didn't mind, I didn't mind Sony Michelle at plus 1600. He's the fifth overall in terms of odds. I do think there is a scenario. They have given him the ball a lot in the playoffs. He carried the ball over 20 times last game. If there, if there's a game script that puts together where he touches the ball 25 times on the ground and scores two touchdowns and they win you know 28 to 21 or something like that I think that that there is like that I could see a script where that he becomes the MVP based on just he's he scores two of their three touchdowns or something like that is that either you guys have an opinion on that one or does that seem like a little too far fresh too far-fetched no it's, that it seems that yeah go you go ahead James well, I was gonna say it seems plausible for sure it's just like I think he'll have to have sort of an otherworldly performance for especially the narrative around Brady's, you know, potentially last Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. Like I think he'll have to go above and beyond what a normal running back would have to do. Like I think he and CJ Anderson and mirrored realities could turn in the same line and Anderson could win the MVP where they would just give it to Brady if it happened on the other side. Yeah. Chris, I don't know if you had the same thoughts, Chris. I mean we don't need to spend all time on Sony Michelle, but does that does that kind of mirror your thoughts or you'd think that you'd think something different? Exactly. No, totally. That's exactly kind of how I feel. Like, I don't think, uh, um, you know, you, you said 25 touches. So if he has, let's say, you know, 90 to 120 yards and one to two touchdowns, I don't think that's quite enough. I think Tom Brady's still going to do enough or they're going to give him the MVP anyway. I think he's going to kind of get to that 150 range, score one on the ground, one receiving type thing. Um, maybe even, I don't think he's going to hit three touchdowns, but um, I think the yardage is going to have to be pretty high up there for him to uh for him to get the MVP. And I just, I would like to see a little bit better odds on that. History is not on the side of running backs as uh, Super Bowl MVPs. You have to go back 22 years to the last uh, running back who was an MVP. That was Terrell Davis with the Broncos. Uh, there's not been another running back MVP since then. It's been, like I said, mostly quarterbacks, a sprinkling of linebackers, and then a couple, uh, you know, about four or five wide receivers. So in, in, in general, um, yeah, history does not go, <laughs> is not on my side there. Like, let's go into some game, uh, player props that uh, we could stand to see I don't know, things maybe kind of happening here uh, in terms of guys that you see is there anyone we'll start with Chris Chris is there what do you like in terms of you know rushing yards receptions any players or plays stick out to you um, that look like they're coming maybe at values I really like the the whole game total sacks three and a half I mentioned it here just a minute ago I'm going with the under on this one three and a half seems um, like a really good number to attack there. The Rams have allowed just one sack in two playoff games so far this season. Um, 33, the eighth fewest on the season, 33 of them, 2.1 per game. And then you look at the Patriots, they've given up zero sacks in two playoff games so far this year. And going back to their bye in week 11, have only given up four total sacks in eight games. And on the season, have allowed the third fewest sacks, uh, 1.3 per game. So, you know, there may be one or two, one from each side, maybe maybe even two to one. You say uh, the Rams get two. Actually, I would probably see the Rams getting one, maybe the Patriots getting two. So I really like that uh, under three and a half sacks total. All right, uh, we'll go back and forth because I, I know we each have a couple of these. James, what about you? What stands out to you uh, in terms of the, some, of this, some of these game props? 
Yeah, my favorite one, I think, is Tom Brady over a half an interception. I think that, you know, obviously, like, you could zoom out over the course of the season and see that he's averaged more than a half an interception per game. But I think more than that, if you really buy, like, the way I like to think about individual player prop bets is I like to try to figure out what the perceived, because I think a lot of people just look at averages and then they go from there. But there are a couple different themes out here. Another one actually is Jared Goff over 37 passing attempts, where if you just take averages on the season, it might look like you're paying somewhat of a premium on it. But then if you look at individual game scripts, like for the Rams, Goff will throw 19 times in a game if they're up by a lot, but he'll throw 50 times in a game if they're trailing, right? And if you really think that this game is close, but the Patriots are the ones uh, kind of pushing the envelope offensively, I think that that means golf will have to throw more than 37 times, and I am just giving girly status as well. And then on the Brady side, I think that just on average in games where he actually is called upon to do things against real legitimate defenses, like, you know, they beat the Jets 38-3. to He has no interceptions. Great, right? But um, he's got multiple multi-interception games on the season, and in a lot of these games, they're just the ones that stay close and competitive where the Pats can't just, you know, rest on their laurels and uh, just beat down some inferior opponent, you know. So I, I like both of those quarterback-related bets quite a bit. Yeah, um, I, I, the, I'm seeing Brady throws an interception, which is essentially the same as over half um, at minus one twenty. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're you're laying a little bit to, to to on the idea that it's probably going to happen, but I think it does make sense. I actually took rushing yard unders on both Sony Michelle and Todd Gurley. Sony Michelle was at seventy nine mm-hmm. and a half uh, rushing yards at minus one ten. And then Gurley was under was the over under was sixty one at plus one hundred five. This one's on five dimes. The I don't know. I just think that the Sony Michelle thing. I, I keep me. I, I talk about this guy way more than I thought I was going to. But the, I just keep waiting for this not to work. Like for them to just not run the ball twenty five to twenty four times with him. And I think there are scenarios. There's more scenarios than not. I think where the Rams defense just kind of figures this out, forces them to pass a little bit more than they originally thought they were going to. They just still have all these other running backs, and I think that they still want to employ more than one guy between Burkhead and White. And I know White doesn't rush the ball a lot. It's mostly receiving. But I like this. I like – it just seems like such a cre- – that, that 79 and a half feels like so much needs to go right for that. To, and our, our projection system, by the way, just has him at under that anyway. And then I the girly thing, 61 – we just saw the guy barely play. I, I get that people are still maybe hoping that that's not going to be the case here, but I'm glad it wasn't total yards. The under 61 rushing yards for me just seems like a complete pipe dream the way that they've been using him uh, in the short term. Chris, anything else that you well, yeah, like? The Gurley one is funny. I, just to react to that quickly, like for Gurley, like they're not saving him, right? Like they just won a three-point game over the best team in the NFC. They just didn't think he was ready. He just couldn't get out there. If he could have, he would have been out there. He was just instead just on the bike, like just jogging around, right. trying to get warm. Like there's just something wrong, you know. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four carries for ten yards last game. C.J. Anderson sixteen carries for forty four. Chris, uh, uh, any other uh, any other game props for you on, or any of these player props? Yeah, talking about the total rush yards under, I definitely like James White under. It's only at sixteen and a half, but I he just doesn't rush the ball very much at all. He's gonna see the receptions. That's kinda where I'm looking at for him is maybe the over in the receptions and the receiving yards, but definitely under um on James White when it comes to rushing yards. And then the other one I was looking at, we talked about Tom Brady interceptions, looking at his rush yards is also uh a point five over under on his rush yards is too. And I'm kinda leaning the over right now. I just feel like, you know, just that one run, but look 
looking at kind of some trends, the first six of eight games of the season, he he did have the over in that sense. But looking at the end of the season, um, it only happened twice in the last eight games. Um, and then I know if you want to go back even further and look at some trends, the last two Super Bowls, he's gone over in each of those two Super Bowls, but he's only had one rush in each of those games. So I'm kind of on the fence here, but I'm currently leaning uh, – um, over on the on the point five there you're, you're laying that 120 minus 120 sorry on that but uh, i definitely think he's going to get that one you know like fourth and short i know they've been running it quite a bit on fourth and short where in the past they've maybe given him the ball just to kind of go up the middle there that little you know quick release or, or quick snap to get that one yard so i think that can happen uh once in this game even maybe for a touchdown so i'm i'm the over on him and then my some of my other ones is Robert Woods, 70 and a half receiving yards. I do think he goes over there as well. Um, some of the reason the Pats really concentrated on shutting down Tyreek Hill last week. So I think that can, or sorry, last week, two weeks ago. Um, I think that can happen with Brandon Cooks here as well. Shut down that explosive playmaker and make him throw to Woods kind of, He's kind of like your safety blanket, I guess you could say, in that offense, especially with Cup out. And Woods has gone 70-plus receiving yards in 12 of his first 16 games this season. So he has done it quite a bit when looking at kind of the averages for the season. So, And then combined with that, I like the over 5.5 receptions for Woods as well. So kind of kind of a lot on Woods. And then if you're doing that, I mean, you might as well get the golf over 282.5 passing yards as well, especially because I feel the Patriots are going to win this game. The Rams are going to be coming from behind. So that narrative kind of fits with Robert Woods and Jared Goff together in that sense. Yeah, James, thoughts on those ones, or do you have kind of similar lines on those Rams receivers? I know our system is like them all season long, basically just, I mean, to a, to a man. Uh, whenever, if you play for the Rams and a receiver, we've wanted to play you in DFS. <laughs> do you have thoughts on those uh, Rams ones or any any other different uh, player props? Yeah, I like the overs on the, the Rams passing game for the most part. I think uh, the Woods and Goff ones in particular do make sense. I, I think I see the game going similarly to how Chris does, and I also think that you know they've they've seemed comfortable leaning on CJ Anderson in the past like in the past few weeks when things have been going well but i just have a feeling that when the rubber meets the road like they're just going to have to put the ball in the air so and i also think the patriots revenge game with cooks i could see them you know just kind of like clamping down on him and not letting him beat them because he is the rams most dynamic pass catcher so yeah i think those underneath routes to root to woods should be available and i also want to note you know just in terms of a on a process level i like the way chris is looking at these bets i think that too many people that i've seen out there are looking at averages where for this like the average doesn't really matter it's more about like talking about the game script figuring out what happens in games like these and if if you don't feel like you can predict that accurately just seeing what ha- like is with a guy like woods for instance what was it chris 12 out of 16 games uh he had hit seven or more yards yep yeah yeah so but looking at it that way sure there are always going to be games where a guy disappears and in game where a guy in football this is this is really true more than in other sports too where a guy can just be gone you know like you'll see Tyreek Hill just like one catch for six yards right because the game kind of goes away from them Uh, but what we're seeing on Woods is that 12 out of 16 times this season the game didn't go away from him right so I think that looks like a really solid bet to me too yeah, I think I like combine our system. Um, just in terms of projections, has the overs on nearly every Rams receiver. Um, really, on every single one, I think. Um, now you are paying like the the Woods over five and a half receptions. You're getting at least I'm seeing like minus one forty five. So you're paying for it a little bit. Um, you can probably I think you can buy down those odds a little bit by taking it up to like six. But then 
I like it combining with the girly under rushing yards because that mm-hmm. all to me fits the same narrative. Like, so I have right now Reynolds, Josh Reynolds over three and a half pass receptions. I like the way that they were going to him last week. Um, they, I have him over 47 and a half receiving yards too, especially cause he's going to see probably the worst of the of worst of the three P uh, worst of the three cornerbacks in coverage. I have the over on Tyler Higby's pass receptions at two and a half. Um, I know that Gerald Everett was the, more yards last week, but they had the same amount of targets. Uh, Higby had four, converted four for four. Uh, Everett did four uh, to four targets for two for fifty. I actually like the Higby. I like Higby's chance at receptions here more than Gerald Everett's, even though I think the odds look about the same. But I love combining basically everything I can get on the over and the Rams passing game combined with the girly under rushing yards fits fits the theme of what I what I believe is going to happen. And, and I like that our system kind of all it all does line up along those lines. It wants you to take it wants you to just get away from the rushing yards on the Rams uh, and then pound as much as you can on the passing yards. I will say the one guy I don't love as much is Brandon Cooks. I think the seven for eight for one oh seven last week. Woods led the team in targets again with 11 targets. He just has some conversion issues, um, and that's been sort of a theme for him this season. But I still like the target share for him is just more than is just, just more than the other receivers. All right, let's finish up these guys. Any other? Do any either you guys have any other player props, and then we can move on. Um, we can move on to like the final stage of the, what we like for some of these novelty things. I'm I'm intrigued no. in and in Gronk actually a little bit this week. Uh, hmm. If you can get the odds right, I kind of like his. I believe his over on receiving yards. Um, I don't have it. I got his uh, three. It's three and a half for receptions. Oh. I mean the over. You're paying minus one thirty eight for that. So that kind of steered me away a little bit because I do think he goes over this week. I think he has a good game here. Um, I think they've kind of been saving him here for these big spots down the stretch, especially in the Super Bowl here. So I do like the over three and a half, but minus 138 is just a little steep for me. I think I'd rather go on the receiving yards and I think he is at... uh, where are we here? 50 and a half. So I, I, that's only minus 120 to go over on the 50 and a half. So that's kind of where I'm leaning with Gronk. Nice. Yeah, I, I, it was clear It was clear that they were, I, I don't know if the, you know, saving him is the right word, but they targeted him 11 times last week, and that really just hadn't been the case last week. And especially, too, they they did some specific, like brought him all the way onto the outside to line up one-on-one yeah. with some of the smaller cornerbacks. Like that was stuff they were doing really down the stretch in the game, uh, and it was really brought out because Tony Romo was the one that was like sort of calling it ahead of time and saying like, look at this, you know, circle. That's why it got a lot of, it got a lot of, it, it, it ended up being even a bigger part of the narrative because Romo was calling it out as the play was happening and circling Gronk and just yeah. kind of showing that how they were using him to get him to get him one-on-one. So I think I'm with you there. The 11 targets are a really, really encouraging sign for him. Six for 79. He has maybe come out come out and hinted that this would be his last game, that he's going to retire after this game. Um, that, you know, Brady has not said that, but Gronk has thrown out a, f- a few words that would make you think that this could be this could be it for him. So if that's the case too, if there's in a little extra juice, um, maybe you're able to squeeze one big, one final big game out of Gronk if he were to believe this is the last one. James, any other ones before we just kind of wrap this thing up? Tom Brady, under longest rush, two and a half yards. This guy has five rushes over two and a half yards all season. Again, against real <laughs> yeah. defenses, it just doesn't happen. The guy can barely move out there. There's no chance. There's in the last two weeks three attempts for negative two yards. This guy's not running the ball. Stop it. Just take the under. I, I guess you have to pay some vig here. Right now I'm seeing it on Babata at minus one seventy. That just seems like the easiest bet of the night for me. There's just no chance he just busts out like this like fifteen yarder. No way. So under two and a half yards. That's a good was that a challenge? Was that a challenge bet? I guess Chris's was over a half a yard, right? Like there was was that Chris was yours over half a yard? or Was it over two and a half? Yeah. No, or mine was just, just over half a yard total from Tom Brady. Yeah. James is talking. Gotcha. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, cool. 
Yeah, hammer it. All right, let's finish it up with again with the 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 Super Bowl provides us with nothing more than uh, the craziest ways you could ever bet your money in terms of what can happen during the game. Um, any novelty ones? We got some Maroon Five stuff. We got, like I said, some Donald Trump stuff. Uh, we got retirement things. Uh, any of these crazy, just you know, what, what color Gatorade gets poured? Any of the how long the national anthem is? All this, all this stuff. I just can't. It's all, so I, I love, I love it that we can or have the ability to do this in this day and age. Uh, we'll start with you, Chris. Uh, any any crazy novelty ones that you like that you're going to be rooting for outside of the game? Two that stick out to me that I will be betting that I do like. Number one is the over one and a half seconds of the national anthem. Um, kind of looking at the last few years, they've averaged around minute fifty to two minutes. Definitely like that. Um, and then the other one that really stands out to me, will the broadcast show a replay of the pass interference call in the NFC Championship game? And mm. yes, is only minus 130. I honestly thought when that happened, kind of thinking about going ahead before that game was even over, that prop was seriously going to be minus 180 to 200 to minus 250 for yes. So at minus 130, I'm definitely hammering the yes on that. Oh. <laughs> I like that one. I, but the, isn't there a I good, con- there's the a good NFL... conspiracy case against that though, right? Like where the NFL is like, Right. Yo, just broadcast the game. Like we don't need True. to don't mention it. We we like to, please do not mention this. Like all we need is like to, to get this drummed up. Like they these guys there was a lawsuit freaking filed by like some crockpot lawyer in New Orleans saying that they wanted to replay yeah. the game. Like like that. I mean it's, it's a nice publicity stunt. There's no possible way they can ever think about something like that working. Well, um James, what about you? You got any uh you got any Maroon 5 kind of stuff or you have any uh Christina Aguilera makes its performance during halftime? Any novelty stuff do you like? Easiest bet of the week. Will Gladys Knight forget or omit a word from the national anthem? Hell no. No chance. <laughs> no. She's going out there. She's a professional. <laughs> She's been in this game longer than most of the people who would uh, be wagering on this contest. Zero chance. It's minus 500. Still free money, though. Just take take your wife out to a nice dessert on the bet you make on, on Gladys Knight. No chance. She misses that one. Trump congratulates the winner on Twitter. Minus 380. You got to pay a lot. There's, I would say if the Patriots... This is what if you, this is what, mm-hmm. how much he definitely if the Patriots because he's Tom Brady he I, I think he envisions Tom Brady as his boy um, but I think that almost definitely Trump is out there I also wonder about the timing on this kind of stuff like how long it needs to oh never mind it says it it's uh you gotta ha- he's gotta have the tweet in before midnight uh, that's a, that might be a close one for him he's like so erratic that maybe he doesn't get there in time that would be the only the timing would be the only thing I would worry about that one I don't mind the one uh, let me just look it back up real quick oh it was a Tony Romo one about how they were going to how many times ah, I can't find oh yeah. Jim Nance and Tony Romo say Gronk over two and a half yeah. times. Uh, I'm, I'm going for it. I, I think I think there's almost no chance. I think they definitely say Gronk. I think Romo gets excited. I think the, they, this should be up like over three and a half, I think. I think Romo gets excited in the moment, especially if the game's close. They, they don't want to say the full name. So I think Gronk over two and a half. It's minus 270. So, you're, again, you're paying a little bit for it. But I think that we would uh, – I think we get like four times where these guys yep. say Gronk. All right, any, any other final ones before yeah. we get out of here? Either you two guys, or are we good to go? Yeah, go, go, one go ahead, Chris. Quick one here. Um, okay. Will Adam Levine be wearing a hat to start the halftime show? I, I mm. just did a little research <laughs> here with some just some Googling and stuff, and I'm not a big Maroon fan. Well, I'm not a fan really at all. My kids are, so we were just kind of researching. It's definitely a no for me. Um, searched a whole bunch of pictures <laughs> online and looked at some of his concerts, just YouTube <laughs> concerts and stuff. The dude is never wearing a hat. So unless he's going to troll us and just show up with a goddamn hat at the start of the halftime show, I'm definitely betting the no at minus 130. And then which song the will they perform? The strongest conviction play by Chris. <laughs> well, by the way, I, got, I have to say real quick, the most emotional that you've gotten about any bet here was the was the Adam Levine no hat one, which I love. I'm like, like the I, most I love, I love the well, yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god, my by far the most research. Chris, what's your last one before we, <laughs> before we go over to Jamie? Their first song. What is their first song going to be? Um, obviously, the favorite plus three hundred is one more night. And I listen to these songs. I've I bet you I haven't heard all of these songs combined more than once each before. But I got listened to them. which song is going to be. You know, hip to to the Super Bowl. They're going to come out and play first. I got animal. I'm betting two animals and moves like Jagger plus plus six hundred each. Huh. It's going to be one of those two. You're nothing if not James. You and I saw you and I saw a Maroon Five concert by accident when he opened for. I don't know if this is going to age well either because we saw a John Mayer concert together with our wives, <laughs> um, and the Maroon Five opened before they were before they were famous. So do you, as a longtime Maroon Five fan, do you have any? Do you have any Maroon Five? <laughs> Maroon Five. Was he wearing a hat at that concert? Uh, I, think I don't remember. I remember thinking they were hands. awesome. I think we. Were, I remember sitting there and thinking I was like, "This band's." Got, that was one of my best calls ever because I was like, "This band's gonna be insanely famous." Uh, I said that no one had ever heard of them at the time, and uh, I was like, "Oh my god, these guys are gonna be really, really famous." So got there on that. Got there on that call, nice. even though we weren't able to take bets. James, go there. And go, any other novelty ones for you, buddy? Well, my first Maroon Five thought. My, my best Maroon Five memory, since we're sharing them all now, <laughs> is that uh, when I was a senior in college, the uh, the pledges to my fraternity. If they could sleep during the final week of pledging, it had to be in this one small room with uh, This Love by Maroon 5 just playing on repeat at 100 volume from Mysteria. So that's my only, <laughs> my, my big Maroon 5 experience. Um, my, well, my, the bet I'm most curious about, because I have to say, just as a, a lifetime angle shooter and stickler for the rules... How will they possibly evaluate this bet? How many plays will Tony Romo correctly predict during the game? Currently, the over, you can get even money, the under seven and a half plays. Like, does he have to say, like, oh, they're going to run like a triple out right, three guys to go this way? Like, or can he just say, like, they're going to pass here? And that correctly predicts the play. That's what I, I Yeah, this I, one's I, gonna be a hard one to audit because the way because like there are some even if you watch like the there's like these are viral now at this point but if you watch the Romo predicts kind of videos oh, yeah. there are ones that will there are ones that are it's not like he's predicting because he's saying if this then that like he'll say mm-hmm. yeah. if the safety comes that if the safety comes down then you're gonna see the pass and you know that the safety comes down a little bit and they throw over the top of the Gronk. But is that correct if the safety doesn't come down? Because that would prove his point too. Like, is that a correct call or not? Because he's saying if this, then that. Like, if that ends up being an audited correct call, that's a tough one. Easily do he could easily do more because he because if he says if this and that, then you're you, you're correct every time almost. Yeah. Like that's a really that's a very. Or the, there's another one where he's like, oh, if they do this, they're gonna sweep. You're gonna see a run right. Well, he did that once, and the guy kind of ran right, but he mostly just ran up the middle. Like, is that correct too? Like, it's it is a that's a that's a, that one to me feels like I would not, I'd be really worried about it because I'd just be oh my, could you imagine just being so mad about this as you see the clock tick, like the ticker going up about how many he's called right, and it's like an NBA. <laughs> you're like, that was a block. I clearly saw him block that ball. Why have they not registered that as a block? Like, I can see that being the case here with Romo. Chris, what were you gonna say? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just laughing because this is hilarious that they even put that up there because yeah. Who who is the person that is auditing that and, and you know um, deciding whether he called it right or not? He's going to face a lot of criticism. I think that that's the that one has the that one has the uh, the chance to be the one that people get the most mad about. That's I that's why say. I wanted I to bring a highlight to it. But the one that people will be the most excited, I think, one of the best sweats on the night is uh, how many replays will be shown of Ted Rath holding Sean McVay back during the game. The <laughs> over is at one and a half, but you have to pay minus one seventy five to get it. I just want to say that the over feels solid here as well. Uh, like, it's just really hard to imagine a world in which they're not, like, they're not even, 
showing the replay on purpose. It's just like they're trying to show Sean McVay being pissed about something on the sideline or like yelling at the ref or like doing a high, you know, just hollering, throwing the challenge flag, whatever. And he gets his, you know, his little hips grabbed by his personal assistant there. So <laughs> I, I feel like it's the over, that but became, it feels that, like a soccer bet as well. That one became internet famous over the week. So I, I think that like you are going to see that one because this this made it to, this made some really, really heavy rounds in terms of people That's all I'm saying. to talk about That's things. All I'm and it will be a fun <laughs> right, final be, one for me. be an exciting thing to root for. My biggest one, my biggest sweat here is going to be plus sixteen hundred. The game goes to overtime, so everyone just root for a tie, and then we just uh, and then we can have a bunch of de- more debates about whether or not stupid overtime should work. All right, we're going to get out of here. DFSR.com/slash/NBA. No, excuse me. DFSR.com/slash/deals. We're on a podcast here. Is going to get you this uh, the user a free trial to our projection system powered by our friends over at Lineup Lab Optimal Labs for NBA. NHL, MLB when coming down the pike, NFL when it comes back around because we're pretty much done with the season. So DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Guys, enjoy your Super Bowl. We can all text each other about all these stupid bets that we put in to see if they got there. All right. A lot of fun. Thanks, guys. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. The House of Roll journeys far and wide to bring you exceptional quality kitchen and bath fixtures. In all of this, you'll see the details of your own story. The story of a life well-crafted. Welcome to the House of Roll.